All right, guys, welcome back to the Timberwolves Talk podcast. It is a very happy, it's Thursday today, even though the game was played on Tuesday night. Um, it is Thursday. It took a while a very, to recover. It was a late game. Very happy two days, though. I can tell you that right now. Um, the, the vibes are high with us. Um, obviously, the vibes were high with the team. Wow, yeah. Expressed after the game. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit and the, uh, the national outrage, it seems, yeah. from that. Um, but first impressions of the game, um, awesome. Like it kind of was, we were, we were going toe to toe in the first half. Like the building was great. The energy was high, but, um, third quarter there, man, it was actually into the, no, the third quarter is fine too. It was more so late into the fourth. We got down by 10 real quick after uh, Paul George started hitting, hitting some shots there. He's, he turned into playoff P, but, um, yeah, at that because you, <laughs> funny enough, I was at the game. Um, Peyton and I were supposed to go. We bought tickets like weeks in advance, and uh, Peyton had to go work a job at the Saints game. And luckily, the luckily the Saints game got rained out. And what what was your play after that? So it it got rained out, and I was already looking at the forecast, hoping maybe it would have got ca- like maybe got canceled from the start, so I could just go right away to the game and see the whole game, and then. As the game was getting canceled, I heard people say, like, yeah, they're going to try to play five innings so that it can count as a full game. So, so yeah, I saw that. Went on uh, Timberwolves' ticket website, and they had a few, like, single tickets for, I think they were, like, 39 bucks. So, pretty expensive. It's, like, 52 with um with, like, the fees and whatever. But so, I just bought one, showed up at... um at halftime and went up and sat by Chris, and it was awesome. I'm so happy I went. Like, it was just, like, one of those things where, like, yeah, it didn't really make sense economically to go to that game, like gas, like uh, parking, all that. But it was so Gosh, worth man. it. That fourth quarter experience alone, I feel like, oh. it's just. And we were I, like, we we were we were literally the highest seats in the Target Center because they have a tarp there that covers up like the back twenty rows, and we literally pulled the tarp back so we could stand up there together. And yeah, it was electric. Yeah, it was great. We had a lot of space to run around and do some fist <laughs> Yeah, I didn't sit too. down once, I don't think. We had no. we had the celebrations going. It was it was amazing. Like I've never been I've never been part of a collective group that is so invested in in something. And I don't know. It just felt amazing, especially coming off these COVID years. Like especially, you know, coming off like even though we were favored by one and a half or two and a half, I don't know what the line was right before the game. Like Everyone was picking the Clippers. Like oh, yeah. you, you look at the national media. You look at every all the. You look CBS at the Timberwolves guys. Picks. Yeah, Even, you look at Dane. Dane Moore picked against us. Um, I know Locked On Wolves picked against us too. Like those are the two biggest Timberwolves podcasts out there. Like they picked against us, but hey, Peyton and I. I think I was actually really close to the final. Final score. I said one thirteen, one hundred seven. I think you were a little higher in the one twenties, but it was. Listen. That was a grind of a game, like yeah. kind of getting into it a little bit. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get right into the game. A lot of swings, like a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of runs in the in the second half. First half, it was kind of just back and forth trading threes. It it seemed like everyone's three ball was dropping. The Clippers were doing what the Clippers do. Um, they were frustrating the hell out of Carl Anthony Towns, and it was 
extremely visible. Um, you know, everyone, everyone knows Cat had a bad game. That was probably the worst game of Cat's career and one of the biggest postseason collapses I've ever seen from the start. And it's not going to look good on Cat. That's what everyone was worried about. Can he can he perform at the highest level? Um, he did not. He uh, he got increasingly frustrated at the referees. Tried to force the game a little too much. He wasn't. He wasn't playing within the system. He was forcing everything, um, trying to do it all by himself. And that's how that's how four first half fouls occur is when you try to do everything by yourself. Yeah, um, you know, but despite that, like the fact that the Timberwolves still pulled away with the win without without their superstar was was very impressive. But going back to Cat, man, like it's tough. He's never really been in this situation in his whole career. He never really has been in that situation where he's the guy. I mean, I guess you could say in the Jimmy Butler era, he was still technically the guy, but I'm going to say Jimmy Butler was the guy back then. Um, and, you know, he didn't show up. He didn't, but we still got the win. So at, at that point, I mean, you can't really be mad. Now he's got four more games to prove that, hey, I really can produce in the playoffs. And I, I hope he shows out. But if I'm, if I'm any team that the Timberwolves are going to have to play here, I'm doing the same exact thing that the Clippers did because that works. Yeah, I mean, like we... We all know, like if you guys listen to any any Timberwolves podcast, you know, preview, they're gonna tell you what the Clippers were gonna do. It's what they've done all season. They put the they put Batum on cat and then they bring Zubach in who's guarding Vanderbilt to double him in the paint. And it works every time. Cat gets flustered, Vando can't shoot the three. So like it works. And cat turns the ball over a lot, forces a lot of bad shots. Um now I will say the Grizzlies don't really have the correct personnel to do that with cat because Jaron Jackson is a good enough defender to just guard cat one-on-one. Um, Steven Adams isn't as good as Zubach on, you know, rim protection. So I think that's why you see, I mean, cats numbers against the Clippers were not great. And cats numbers against the Grizzlies this season were really great. They're 27 and a half points, really good shooting. Um, you know, we, we'll talk about the Grizzlies preview in a little bit too, oh, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a great matchup. Like we said, this is why this game was so valuable to us, especially is, you know, we didn't want to play the sun. No one wants, no to one wants to play the Suns. Um, cat three of 11 bad game fouled out in the fourth. You know, it is what it is. Um, well, we're not, not going to hammer him too much. He knows everyone knows. Um, but let's get to the, you know, the really good parts of the game for me. It was, it was it was bad. Eight minutes left. Cat fouls out. We're down by ten. <laughs> yeah, it, it was over, man. I I remember leaning over to you and saying, "Is was that the nail in the coffin? Is that it?" If they, you or... know, I got I got to give some credit to Cat because he did participate in some of the sixteen to two runs. So I'll give him some credit. Yeah, no, that's yeah. A, that's what hurt even more is right when he got back in the game. He I think he scored six straight points effortlessly, effortlessly like great post moves. He's, yeah. He started to figure out how to pass out and just use your height at the bottom of the hoop to score um but they had, got, um fouled out they well one more thing they had a really great play that i wish they would have just done the whole game is um jared vanderbilt was running the baseline and when his guy went over to double he just kind of ducked right under the hoop and just had a wide open dunk and it was like a great play i'm like why are they not doing that more often that looked so easy and i think i think they were trying to get vanderbilt running that baseline but cat I feel like he had a lot of tunnel vision the first couple quarters. Like there was multiple times too where Jade McDaniels was like open on the back. Yeah, side. dude. Cat didn't see him. Yep. Um, but we'll get off cat. We'll get yeah, off. Yeah, we're done, cat. We're done. The, the impressive part for me was D'Angelo Russell's poise throughout throughout every single like you can argue the first quarter, but I thought he was a good playmaker the first quarter, if I'm being completely honest. Um 
Second through fourth, though, D'Angelo Russell looked unstoppable. Like It looked like they did not even game plan for him. He hit some of the biggest floaters, some of the biggest and ones, and the biggest three of the season to give us that 96 to 95 lead. Um, that was insane. The building was shaking. That was, yeah. the, that was the loudest it was. Maybe the ant dunk. No, the ant dunk was louder, but yeah, still. That D'Lo three, Peyton and I both looked at each other. We're like, no. Because we like, couldn't even please. see. From where we're sitting, we couldn't see if it went in or not. Like the angle was just off. I didn't, I didn't know what we kept saying during the game was like chip away. Like we're, we're down by 10. We were just chipping away by good, solid possessions, two point layups and D'Lo takes the three. And we, we, we like blacked out. It was incredible to see um, his leadership. You know, I, I just thought he handled the pressure extremely well. He was never too high, never too low. Like you said, in the post game, he was, to all accounts by the reporters by the bench he was he was like hey like we're we're fine like everyone's gotta stop freaking out stop tossing up bad shots and that's that's the leadership the leader you need, you need. Man. Oh, look at D-Lo's that D-Lo's been Jinx. through a playoff series man D-Lo's been through a, a big playoff series they almost knocked off the Sixers who were you know predicted to be finals uh you know contenders at that time so I mean he's got the experience um a lot of big shots you know Anthony Edwards I mean kind of speaks for himself big step back threes and i think what was really apparent that game was ant ant was mixing it up like he was the ant we needed to see not just the iso three-point shooter he was the one that grim first three-point second yeah i loved what i saw to anthony edwards i mean i i tweeted this earlier like and we talked about this last podcast if he's if he's going to be that great player that that we think he's going to be that he thinks he's going to be He's going to have to start performing in these big games, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, that's his first playoff game or play-in game ever, and he played phenomenally. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome to watch. Um, I mean, Malik had a Malik had a few Malik, great shots. Yeah, a few big threes from Malik too. Um, I thought Nas Reed is the unsung hero. No one's talking about Nas Reed. Stepped in beautifully for Cat, knocked down those threes. Yep. Um, so he could start getting inside and. He did what we wanted Cat to do. He said, "Oh, you you have a six six wing on me. I'm just gonna back you down. I'm bigger than you." Um, and he got to the rim. He was a plus sixteen, highest on the team that game. If if it weren't for Nas Reed filling in for Cat so admirably and looking like he should be there, it was it wouldn't have been close. I don't think. Um, yeah, and, um, Nas Reed, a lot of praise. Nas Reed was great. That three pointer he had was huge because that's right when we started chipping away. He hit that three. Um, a question we had or I had was why, if we're not going to play uh, Monroe in that situation, I don't even know what the point of having him on the team is. But I guess if Nas Reed would also gotten in foul trouble, then he would have been necessary. But I would have liked to see him go in there. And Nas, my, I don't know. My big thing is I think it was a, I think it's a safety blanket because I don't think they trust Nate Knight in the playoffs at the moment. And you've had to see Knight come in some moments in the regular season and the fill-in for Nas and Cat foul trouble. So I, I get the Greg Monroe signing there. But, you know, it would have been cool to see, like, just throw him, him in there. bang some bozzy, bodies. Yeah, just pick yeah. up some fouls. That's free fouls, free uh free Especially, this is when I wanted him in there, is when Cat was playing with five fouls, is he couldn't play defense. So they would just get the ball to Zubak, and he would just back Cat down, and Cat couldn't do anything because he didn't want to get his foul. So I'm saying, why not throw Monroe in there, have him guard Zubak, and then put Cat on Batum. Like that's just what I was thinking. But obviously, what we did worked. So, yeah, no, you got to give Finch credit. He didn't change oh, up the game plan too phenomenal. much. Phenomenal. He, he stuck with what he knew, and like he 
he got the guy. He got you rallied the guys to win. It's it's he, another beautiful mark on a Chris Finch uh, coaching yeah. coaching display. Another shout out I want to give Jaden McDaniels was playing amazing defense on Paul George. He got a little foul trouble, which kind of ruined it. But for a few possessions there in the fourth quarter, it was some of the best one-on-one defense I've ever seen in person. And he got scored on a few times too. That's the thing about like one-on-one defenses against a player like Paul George is sometimes you're going to get scored on. Like there's a certain point of players where they can score on anyone no matter what. But what he was doing, picking him up full court, pestering him the whole way up the court, I think that was... That was great. Great, great wing de- defense, too. I mean, when Paul George puts his back to you and the, the team trusts you on an island one-on-one and you play perfect defense, sometimes that ball is just going to go in. And I think yeah. he did really well, especially after re-injuring his ankle, it looked like. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was amazing. Like, I, I'm telling you, I I just watched episode, what, five of The Last Dance last night, and they were showing Scottie Pippen when he started guarding um, Magic Johnson. And that's what that shit looked like. That's how they, it literally looked exactly the same. If you watch, if you watch highlights of Scottie Pippen picking up Magic Johnson full court, that's what Jade McDaniels looked like against Paul George. It was, it was great. Shout out to Vando too. I, I know a lot of people were like mad that Vando was playing so much. And I, I thought Vando did Vando was guarding Paul George most of the game. And that first half Paul George really struggled because Vando was on him most of the first half. Like you see the last few defensive possessions too. Vando was on him forced Paul George some really tough threes. So, I mean, Vando did his job, in in my opinion. I, I get that a lot of people wanted to see Torian Prince start um, just for the fact that they wouldn't be able to double cat then. They'd have to worry about that three-pointer. But obviously, Torian was out. Um, I still think they would have started Vando even if he was healthy. Yeah, I mean, he's earned it, man. Asset. He's, he's, he's earned asset. it. Uh, great re- provided great rebounding, too. I mean, we, we out-rebounded the Clippers by 10, 49 39 that's that's what won us the game if you look at all the stats the Clippers shot better I think they assisted better they had less turnover they it was something else and like they all the stats pointed towards them but then you look at the rebounding differential and it was ginormous which is weird because we're usually not a good rebounding team that's something we struggled with the only big offensive rebound they got I noticed was like the one where Malik didn't box out but they still Batum missed a contested three and I mean it, it didn't kill us at the end of the day but that's that's huge not given second chances um one more guy to talk about I guess and it's you know Pat Pat Bev brought the energy might have not had the <laughs> might not have had the uh the uh the stat yeah. sheet but man he got into their heads he yeah like all everyone was saying Pat Bev's not gonna be able to get into their head dude he, he was, did he got into Reggie Jackson's head bad I think Reggie collapsed in the fourth and quarter. Morris like, Morris too Morris too man like Pat Bev ripped Reggie on the le- ripped Reggie to win the game I mean it was it was literally uh if the Clippers would have hit a three there it would have been a three-point game but no ripped them got the steal and yeah I mean I don't I don't know how I feel about how like the only person they're talking about in like the mainstream media is is Pat Bev when like D'Lo, D-Lo again the quiet superstar. Do I like no one is talking about his amazing performance? And I mean, a few people are talking about him, but everyone's talking about Pat Bev and Cat. That's literally all, but whatever. Pat, Pat Bev, he's the reason we won that game. Yeah, for sure. He's the yeah, reason I mean, we're even in this situation this season. Again, when, when Jade McDaniels had that foul trouble too, and I believe the third and fourth quarter, I think the fourth quarter, especially Pat Bev was on Paul George like three straight possessions made him miss every single shot or pass out. Pat Bev played perfect defense on Paul George. I mean, yeah, what, what, what more do you want from him? I don't know how we underestimated it, that this was going to be like such a huge game for Pat Bev, like emotionally. We didn't even really like 
I guess no one really brought it up about no, Pat Bev, how he I, I, they didn't pick up his team like they didn't re-sign him last year like all that like that's that's huge he was yelling at Steve Ballmer like telling him he should have paid me yelling at his teammates it was it was something and that kind of leads us into first of all like awesome eruption when we won like I, I it was like an it was like it was emotional that was that was like Minnesota basketball like people who don't Minnesota is a huge basketball hotbed. Like it yeah. is a basketball state. And like, that was the first time in years that it felt that good to be a Timberwolves fan. Like well, it was we, an emotional experience. And we did it the right way. That's that's, I think when Jimmy Butler was here, like we made it, but we didn't do it the right way. We took the easy way out. We got Jimmy Butler and it just didn't feel real. This like homegrown, man, homegrown, homegrown real right way. Emotional great coach great team like the emotions that were shown and the celebration that's about as real as it gets and like this kind of brings us into the point like this this is the it it sucks that this was more so talked about than the actual winning of the like we we beat the odds we beat the odds and beat beat a really experienced clippers team that's been to the western conference finals like we won that game and that wasn't even the storyline it was the storyline was we celebrated like game seven of the finals and like um it's when you're in the moment, like I know when I was in the moment there, like I was, it felt like I we won game seven of the finals. Away. It was emotional, man. The Timberwolves don't have much to celebrate. And like, I, I could care less, honestly, if Pat Bev and Ant hopped on the scorer's table. Like it was, it was a like, it, maybe, maybe looking back, like, Hey man, probably didn't need to hop on the scorer's table, but like, it, it's emotional, man. Pat Bev said he was going to make the playoffs and no one believed guys. No one believed us. No one believed us, especially too. Like they, they, they made the seventh seed. They, they finished ten games above five hundred. I mean, the man could cry a little bit. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. No, I, um, my favorite. I, lo- I loved the, uh, the JJ Redick. Um, I loved his, his, I was gonna bring his rant. Up. And like, it's the people who have never really been in that situation that have never really played in the NBA are the ones that are hating on it. You see all yeah. the players, like all the segments I watched on it, like the guys who have played in the um, the guys are all fine with it. They're all like, yeah, I get it. Like maybe maybe a little excessive, but like it's uh, it's great to see that. Like you want Raw the players to emotions. care. Like you can't you can't get mad at the you can't get mad at players for not caring. Like everyone's like, oh, LeBron, like he gave up on his team. Like he doesn't care. He's faking injuries. You can't get mad at that and then also get mad when someone cares so much about something where they're going to start crying. Like, I don't know. Like, don't you want that? Like, don't you want people to care? Like, that's good for the league. I think the bigger, I think even the bigger thing too, it's like, it's beyond sports, man. Like that, if you can't celebrate the little things in life like that, like how, how are you going about life? Like if, yeah. if you're not allowed to celebrate like a hum, that is a monumental basketball moment in Timberwolves history. Like I'm going to be honest, that was the biggest game ever played in Timberwolves basketball history in the last 20 years. Like forget the Western conference finals in 2004. Like we talk about it so much for this generation. This was the biggest game ever. And I'm so happy we got to go to it. Like so happy we got to experience Every like we got all the emotions, all the feelings, the feelings of being nervous, the feelings of being down, the feelings of being high. Like yeah. it was, I'm so, like amazing, and that's that's that was part of the celebration. If we would have like whooped their butts by twenty, not a chance. They would have, but we overcame Cat being fouled out down by ten 
D'Lo raining in threes, Ant dunking like it was emotional. It was and, a it was a roller coaster. Yeah, I don't. I hate. I hate the antics. Like, I think it's funny. Like, it's funny. It, it's something you can make fun of. Like how Shaq and like they were kind of making fun of. Like, oh, like we don't need to show up next week. That like it looks like we were celebrating the finals. And if you're not like in tune with the fan base and the Timberwolves, like. Sure, you can make fun of it a little bit. Like, it's funny. But the people that were, like, generally getting mad about it, that's where, like... It makes I, no sense. Yeah, no. That's where I'm like, all right. Like, I, Keyshawn, you know who that is? I don't know his last name. Keyshawn Johnson, right? Yeah, he had the stupidest take. He's like, yeah, I just... I don't... Patrick Beverly rubs me the wrong way. That's why I don't like this celebration. It was just so stupid. Like, he was just hating, like, because that's his job. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. I just, like... I the, To all the Pat Bev haters out there, I get it, man. But, like... I, yeah. Once you have him on your team, dude, he is a culture changer. We like there was an athletic article that came out. We were like six games in the season. We we were like two and four when we should have been like six and oh, he got everyone in the locker room and said, this is not going to be the way this is not going to be the way it is like that. We are going to start winning. And they did, man, like you all everyone like I just. I, I don't get it, man. That's I think that's a bigger reflection on yourself if you, if you find a way to hate on someone else being happy like that. I don't know. Yeah, I want to I want to bring up one one cool thing I I thought is is we always look at Anthony Edwards. He's a young player. When you're a young player, twenty years old, you're easily formable. You know what I mean? Like it's really important who your role models are and who you're looking up to. I thought it was so showing of that when Pat Bev jumped up on the scores table and Ant looks over and sees him jumping up and just follows him right up there. Like it was just such a funny thing. Like monkey see monkey do like, Oh yeah. Like oh, I yeah. get, I get why Pat Bev jumped up there, but like why the hell was <laughs> Anthony Edwards? <up> there? <laughs> like, so, but like, that's a good thing. Cause like we want him to play like Pat Bev. We want him to have that grit to him. So, but I just thought that was the funniest thing. I remember seeing, I'm like, why is Anthony Edwards going up there? No. Yeah. It was, it was, it was funny. Like they, they were like both in the press conference room when Finch was doing his interview too. Pat Bev, they did a dual interview like <laughs> with the Bev Bud Light. The Bud Light, like, come on now, like, like I know, and that's I think there's I think it's awesome to find some humor in the celebration and some humor in Pat Bev, like that's cool. He's but funny. Like, the people generally hating on the set, like, that's on. when you have a problem. That's yeah. when you for sure have a problem. I'm okay with them laugh. Like, I don't care. That's fine. No, it I is get- kind of funny. Like Stephen A. Smith's. I thought that was the funniest shit. Like his. <laughs> His reaction, he didn't see like that was funny. Like it, it's funny. Like you can't you can't be mad at everyone who was saying stuff about it, but I don't know. No, Pat Bev talking shit to the Clippers owner and to his former teammates, just yelling at him on the bench. Like, that's hilarious. No, who does that, that shit? Is, like who does no that? Does no, that. <laughs> like that's so like imagine like in any other job, like if you got fired or let go. And then you're at your new job and you're just yelling at your owner or the guy that like, you can, this is like such Steve a Ballmer's not a no one. He's like a, he is a founder of micro. He is a 50. He's more. No, he's I like didn't say no one. I, I said man. owner. I said owner whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, Steve Ballmer is like a rich, rich man. He is the one of the founders of Microsoft. Pat Bev is screaming at this guy on the court. It is hilarious. Yeah. And dude, you know, you know what the most powerful moment of the game I thought was? Pat Bev like got a steal out of bounds or something, and he was on the ground, and they picked him up, and he just goes like this right when he stands up right in Reggie's face, and dude. everyone just like it. Was, like, dude, that shit got me high. Like even way up where we were sitting, like that yeah, was amazing. So I, guess, I guess I guess the main the main points to take away: <laughs> don't worry so much about Cat. D'Lo and Ann are awesome. Pat Bev's awesome. 
and f everyone who's mad at the celebration. Shout out to J- JJ Reddick. Shout out to JJ Reddick. But uh, looking for it, we'll do a little little preview. We I sure. I know I got to get to class, Peyton's Yeah, we. I mean, we got we got carried away there, but why not? Like like I said, like this is like just enjoy this moment, like because you don't know what's gonna happen next series. Exactly what we'll get into. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like obviously, we oh. can be optimistic, but there's a decent chance that this is going to be the high of the season. And like, why not just bask in it and enjoy it and maybe talk for 30 minutes about, about that one game. Cause that's just how great of an experience it was. It's, it's not, it's not a celebration of an ending. It's a celebration of a beginning. I don't know which commentator said that, but I love that. Sure. Like celebrating and, what's about to happen. And it, and you know, it might not be this year and that's, that's a cool thing. It's, it's the beginning of something, but it might, I mean, it might not be this year that we make a run, but it's the beginning of the franchise turning around and us being a cornerstone in the Western conference. And this is, this is not like when the Jimmy Butler thing happened, it was a one-time thing. This is not a one-time thing. We have the foundation. We built it up from the floor and we are, this is, we're going in the right direction. So even if it doesn't work out this year, I think we have so much to be happy about, but let's get right into the Grizzlies game. It was pivotal that we won that game so we could match up with the Grizzlies because it's such a good match for us. What are we three and one on the season with that against them? Two and two and two with them. Two and um, two. I, two and two. But one of those wins was the the cat buzzer beater when we went into overtime like, mm. w- when we lost to them. So I mean, we we play the Grizzlies hard, and I, I like yeah. This dates back to last year. Like me and you always used to talk about like these guys play the Grizzlies. Like we just want to beat the Grizzlies every single time they play them. Like the Grizzlies are just that one team. Like Dylan just, Brooks, man. He's eight and one against the Timberwolves. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he kind of owns us right now. Like he does. But I think it changed this year. Like we we started playing hard against the Grizzlies. Like this team knows that they're on a similar track as the Grizzlies. They're a similar team, and like it's there. There is some good matchups. Like I think Pat Bev can give Josh some problems. You got experience versus a guy who's you know got wiped in the playoffs last year by the Jazz. Like it's. This is this is gonna be Jaws' first like real test of having to lead a team that has expectations. Like this Grizzlies team has expectations. I think Pat will do a good job on Ja. Obviously, he's gonna get his, but um I, I think one X Factor player that is really good, like Desmond Bain does oh, not get enough credit, man. That he's guy insane. Is a flamethrower at the three-point line. Um me, both me and you wanted him in that draft too. That would have been a great pick instead of a uh, Balmero. But besides the fact, Bane's great. Bane's gonna you know hit some threes on you. J Triple J is <laughs> one of the most disrespected players. I'd have to say, right? Like, would you say that he's yeah, I mean, he's, he's great, great. dude? They're like this is like one of the best teams in the league. They were top of the power rankings most of the season. They're a great team, and we're just saying the matchup is good because we match up really well against the Grizzlies. They're young and uninspired inexperienced like this is just the perfect storm for the Timberwolves if we are going to make this upset as the seven versus two like this is what we want I'm not saying it's going to be easy I'm not saying it's going to happen but like we are in the best position right now I and I think again like we we said it this last game Malik Beasley is going to be an x-factor this this bench is going to be so important and they were so important last game like like we said that bench needed to play good obviously and it did and like Malik and Nas are going to have to be leaders same with Jalen I mean Jalen I didn't think Jalen was gonna play no I, I, was, I was McLaughlin didn't play either I didn't even realize that I think McClock I think that was more so a matchup thing okay like, yeah I think the Clippers were so damn tall like there was no way McLaughlin was gonna but, be able to play but I this series I think against Tyus I think you'll see him play more than Jalen Noel that's what I'm saying that's what's interesting about this is that 
they might like he might not have played in that one game series, but when you have a seven, hopefully a seven game series, you're gonna have to you rely on your bench a little bit more because D'Lo can't play um, 37 minutes every single game. Like you're gonna have to rely on the bench a little bit, and we have a really strong bench. So hopefully Torian Prince comes back. I don't know, man. I feel really good about this series. I really do. I, so. Peyton, so playoff tickets just went on sale today too. It's Thursday the fourteenth, and uh, we we're like, damn, we really want to go to a playoff game. So Peyton got us game six tickets, and we think it's, I think we can win two games. I think we can push it to six. I think that's not out of the realm. I think so. And it, the way I saw it, it was it's an investment, and it's also like, it's all it's almost like when you pick your favorite team to win in the NCAA tournament to like go to the final four or whatever. Like you know, it's it's probably not likely, but like you want to be rooting for that. So I'm like, shit. Like I, I we've got the tickets. Like now we have every more reason to. There's root no for way the this team gets swept. There, the first, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. Like kill me if in two weeks we get swept. I don't care. We're not gonna get swept. We're not gonna get four would by the Grizzlies. We're gonna get one game, and I think we can get another. I think we can get a second one to push to six. I, I think, think so too. I think we might win one in Memphis. That's that's my bold prediction. I think we'll win game two or game one. I think maybe, I, you know what? This is my prediction. I think we win game one. I think we have so much momentum right now. I think we go into Memphis, win game one, Memphis lose game two. Been, I mean, they sat their starters the last game of the season, too. So they're going to, by the time it's Saturday, I think they haven't played in a week. So, I mean, you I'm not saying they're going to be rusty, but I'm just saying the it, the team that's more likely to be rusty is the team that has not played. And the team lot. that more likely is going to have energy is the team that just Jumped got off on one the of the biggest wins in franchise history. Table, yeah. <laughs> like this is this is like you got to feel so good about this if you're a Tim Rose fan. I'm I'm serious. Like I keep saying that, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel really good. And then, you know, looking at the rest of the playoffs, we this is going to be the best team we play for a little bit. Then we get to play either the Warriors or the, the Nuggets. Nuggets. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Warriors are probably going to win. You know, the Warriors. Oh, man, you got know. the MVP. Two-time MVP. Yeah, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, it, playoffs are going to be a challenge. Like, with the Timberwolves aren't a complete roster. Obviously, they haven't been in the playoffs before. But, like, if there is a team that I would want it to go against, it would have been an, ex- an inexperienced Grizzlies team. Like I would not have wanted to play the Warriors. I would have not wanted to play the Suns. I would have not wanted to play the Mavericks. Like this is the team you want to play. Yeah, it's our best matchup. It it's really is. Matchup. It really we is. We see them four, four times a year. We we, you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I don't know if we're just as deep as them, but I think we have more star power. I really do. I think we have more guys that can be the it factor in a game. I mean, you look at Carl Anthony Towns. He was so quiet last game, but we beat we've, the Clippers without cap. That's what I'm saying. And what we talk about Carl Anthony Towns is that he is he's always so consistent. Like you can't tell me that just because he had a bad game last game, he's gonna have a bad game the rest of, he's gonna play bad the rest of the playoffs. I I he's gonna be very consistent the rest of the playoffs. He always is. So we're gonna get what 30 from Cat. Ant or D'Lo, one of them's going to step up, and then it just is the rest of the bench. So I, I think, I think we got a pretty good chance, man. I think so too. I'm excited. I'm excited for everything upcoming with the Wolves. This is, this is what we've been working for for two years now. It's, it's finally paying off. We finally get to cover some playoff basketball. So it's, it's great. I'm excited. All right, we're going to do uh, the Wheel of Fortune here. All right, yeah, we have, uh, we have. So there's two scores. <laughs> oh, that was kind of a voice crack. <laughs> two scores that were very similar, I think. <coughs> um, so 
So yeah, they for the for the t-shirt giveaway. Got to spin the wheel right now. Yeah, we're going on the wheel of fortune. This is huge. Like this is this is live. Um it's between uh Iceman Gervin and Andrew Kanoki. Andrew Kanaki. I I don't know what it, Can you see my screen? Yes. What the hell is this? What the Look up look up wheel decide. Yeah, I don't wheel know what that was. So we'll decide this right here. Whoever gets a free shirt. There you go. Wheel of names? No, no, just like a that's this works. That works. This works. That works. Andrew. Andrew. Peyton's got Peyton's gotta work out his typing here. Kenoki, is that how you spell it? And then that, that works. Iceman like Gerwin. <laughs> Gervin, I think. Yeah. Gervin. So I think we got to do best uh best two out of three, right? No, I think we just give one spin. All right. So it's a click to spin. You click it and it's the winner. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Good luck. Here we go. Wheel's spinning. The wheel is spinning. And Andrew Kenoki is going to be the winner of the t-shirt giveaway. Congrats, <laughs> Andrew. Um we will reach out to you. I think he follows us on Instagram too. I think so. I think so. Yeah, he he commented. I don't know. I mean, he's not. I don't really see him around the channel. No. Often, but hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, he gets to pick out a shirt. We'll we'll send it your way, Andrew. Um, everyone, just keep 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 enjoying this. This this doesn't last forever. Um, and let's let's hope we 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 pull it out here with the Grizzlies. Chris, have a good rest of your day, man. And uh, nice to see you guys.